This world is not our own. It may look the same for the most part, but things are different here. Myth is history, not legend. Welcome to A Rendezvous with Destiny, a Sky on Actual Play podcast. Forever, I am your GM, Luce, and with me today I have... Hi, I'm Graham. I play Elspeth Lockwood, the Guardian of Bowder. Elspeth has realised that she is in a divine library, and she's definitely going to at least at least make a hold, if not take out some books. Um, my name is Elspeth Lockwood, and I have borrowed your copy of... Uh, does it have an ISBN number? I assume it does not. Uh, hi, I'm Will. I play Cleo Brewer, who is a chosen of Bast. I, I like, like, sorry, sorry. Is is there anyone who 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 is, looks like they are available but wants to fight? You just wipe this guy out completely. You, as soon as you clasp hands, you slam his hand into the table. If there's anyone watching us, I want to just do like you know the predator handshake with them. Hi, I'm Am, and I play Flora Watson, daughter of Sun Wukong, the Monkey King. I have a backup plan if we can figure out what the trap does. I feel like Flora's plan is just like to throw something down the corridor and see what happens. I was actually gonna just run through it really fast and activate it. I'm very fast. I'll be fine. All you can see is his. He is face down on the desk and just sort of making a low groaning noise. You all right there, Mr. Hades? No. They have jumped upon Ra's barge and headed through an archway into the underworld. Oh, I haven't properly introduced myself, have I? I'm Loki. Nice to meet you. A Rendezvous with Destiny is available on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Come follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rwd underscore pod. Welcome one and all to Merely Role Players, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt, I am your compare for this backstage episode for our main house production. I am joined uh, remotely once again, uh, because we are still in pandemic lockdown, uh, by Strat. Hello. Uh, by Alex Pankhurst. Hello. Uh, and by subject of today's character creation episode, Natalie Winter. Oh, hey there. Hi there. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. I'm doing all right. Excited to get going. Yeah. So tell us which of the Monster of the Week playbooks you've picked. I have gone for The Divine. That's a very cool one. Mm-hmm. What, what drew you to this particular one? I mean, I've always felt very angelic in my person. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I like the idea of the... The, the slight kind of fish out of water idea, but also feeling, uh, ha- having some kind of uh, weirdness and power going on. And 
I'm reading a lot of kind of folklore books and uh, kind of histories of mythology and that kind of thing. So I wanted to get a bit nerdy about that. That's very cool. I encourage nerdiness about folklore, especially for this story (laughs) we're telling. Have you got any kind of, uh, are there examples of divine type characters in, in other stories that you're drawing on at all or that you, that you just enjoy? Not that I'm specifically drawing on, I guess, but I mean, I love a bit of Crowley and Aziraphale from Good Omens. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, just the, the way they kind of potter about and do their own thing, but are also casually angelic and demonic. Um, I mean, their relationship is amazing as well. I love it. But um, yeah, the ca- casual, casual use of miracles. Yeah. I don't have any examples that come to mind for the, the route that I've gone, though. I've kind of gone for something a little bit different. That's cool. We like originality. So going through the, the playbook and choosing some options, uh, first of all, we pick your look. Or, or unless, uh, do you have a name in mind or are you like on the way to a name? I do have a name, yes. Uh, her, her, she's going to be she. Her name is uh, Gwyneth, shortened to, to Gwyn. Very cool. Uh, so your look, first first choice, uh, man, woman, androgynous or asexual? Uh, female, woman. Okay, and using she, her pronouns? Yeah. Okay. And then your eyes, you got to pick, pick your yes. eyes. Blazing eyes, terrifying eyes, placid eyes, sparkling eyes, perceptive eyes, starry eyes, or glowing eyes. Um, I think we're going to go with sparkling because I, I want something that is is not too obvious, right? She She's not going around looking absolute kind of glowy, angelic. Um, she's, uh, there's a bit of something weird to her so uh she's gonna have green eyes uh and if you look closely they maybe look glittery it's like a really subtle nail varnish metallic effect going on i think yeah so you'd have to be like up close and personal to spot it yeah okay uh and then what do you wear Uh, dirty clothes a perfect suit a rumpled suit casual clothes or practical clothes so somewhere between casual and practical clothes, mm-hmm. I um, I think she looks like the the kind of um, the kind of person that you would get in the healing fields at Glastonbury. <laughs> very good. So she is <laughs> she's very kind of hempen and uh, and linens has a little bit of a, a waft of incense about her and. <laughs> Sorry, did you just the use of waft made me think back to a previous character creation session with you? Wafty, very wafty. Yes, yeah, I do like a bit of waft. <laughs> um, she no, she's not quite as floaty as as Mimsy. She's uh, she's definitely more of the kind of earthy. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten the name. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> if you haven't listened, uh, we are referring to the season Upstaged. Upstaged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will that ever get old? <laughs> when my judge Mimsy O'Hare wore a lot of um, kind of silk and uh, and, and wafty scarves, <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, Gwyneth is uh, yeah. She she's very much that kind of hippie kind of vibe, um, like big kind of curly dark brown hair kind of controlled vaguely by some kind of scarf ish she tries (laughs) 
Very good. So next, uh, ratings, your stats. Uh, the Divine always gets tough plus two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're pretty good at fighting and pretty hard to kill. But then you get various different other other options. Uh, have you had a look at those lines? Is there one that calls out to you? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the third one down, which is charm minus one, cool zero, sharp plus one, tough plus two, and weird plus one. Cool. So you'll be a, a little better at uh, using magic and sort of investigating mysteries and spotting stuff. Uh, yeah. Slightly less good at staying cool under pressure uh, and yeah. actively bad at interacting with people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It feels pretty at home to me. <laughs> so the next thing to pick is your is your mission on this on this earthly plane. Yes. Uh, so there are five options. Is there one that calls to you? Yes, and this kind of goes into the uh, a bit of the the backstory because I've I've been having to think about you know why why is this person here? What it you know what is she doing? And I hope you don't mind to, for me to kind of create a little bit of law and story behind it. Please, yes. I love when people give me law to work with. <laughs> so, okay, I reckon Gwyneth was originally um, one of the... Um, so going back to kind of ancient Celtic gods and goddesses, um, we have the Morrigan, which is the triple goddess, and various aspects of the Morrigan, they're all to do with war and fighting. So I reckon that Gwyneth was one of the shield maidens of the Morrigan, but she was exiled. And I reckon that she kind of, there there were some elements where the the gods and goddesses were a bit too wrathful uh, against the humans. And Gwyneth was a bit like, oh, come on guys, they're all right. You know, they didn't do that terrible. So um, (laughs) I think, Maybe there was there was one time when uh, when one of the aspects of the Morrigan had taken a, a human lover and was going to sacrifice him, and uh, and Gwyneth was like, "Oh, that's a bit much, isn't it?" So she helped him escape, and for that she was exiled. And because it was kind of her wanting to protect the humans, um, she was exiled into a form that they would not recognise, and she wouldn't actually be able to help them. Um, and this also, I think, hopefully will tie in with the why do people forget me kind of aspect. I think for the longest time, she has been exiled as a duck. Because uh. <laughs> there's also this kind of... <laughs> Natalie, you know, you know in previous times when you said there would be absolutely no way you would give a shit about my monster's creation... We are going to be the best of friends. Are we? Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned that around entirely. This is amazing. <laughs> so, so the idea I, I have in my head is that um, she's exiled as a duck, so humans would not kind of recognise that she was anything unusual. But it's it's been, and this answers a question that you're probably going to ask me later, but she's been there for thousands of years in kind of habiting the the main pond in what has now become Sheridan. And she she was a black duck. And if you see her, you think, oh, that's odd. I've not seen a black duck with sparkly green eyes before. <laughs> but then it's a duck, so most people forget. But I think there's a bit of kind of a folkloric thing around it where maybe there is a black duck in Sheridan's coat of arms. That, yes, Because she's absolutely. been there so long. But um, but no one really knows why or cares nowadays, to be honest, because no one really geeks out about that stuff. 
it's a silly joke now. Right, yeah. And I think it's been so long that she'd kind of forgotten herself and she was just living that duck life. <laughs> Getting them breadcrumbs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. En- enjoying the seeds. So, so that's what, that was my, my theory. She's been exiled as a duck. And then one of the, the group who have been actively remembering has clocked me and that interaction has made me, I, and we can figure this out. I've not set that obviously yet, but that is what's made me remember that I'm not a duck. <laughs> That's brilliant. I am not a duck. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I'm not a duck. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, my mind is going mad. I've got lots of, <laughs> lots of questions and lots of possibilities. This is going to be very okay, fun good. to work out. So uh, you also get to pick three divine moves. Yes. Do you know which three you want? Okay, so I I know I definitely want Lay on Hands. I think she's from, uh, she's got that druidic aspect to her. She's very earthy, planty, healer kind of feel. Yeah, so this is that you you're, you can heal injury and disease by by touching someone, uh, but there's a there's a chance that you'll heal it by taking that injury or disease into yourself. Yeah. So there's a definite like druidic kind of vibe to that. There is a risk. And then angel wings, because who does not want wings, right? <laughs> also, you were a duck for a very long time. Exactly. So, yeah. There's a little bit little bit little bit of duck likeness in the plumage, maybe. Oh yeah, well yeah, they're they they're black, right? Like duck feathers. <laughs> <laughs> So this, this effectively means that you can you can teleport to places or people that you know, and you can yeah. you can just do that. No role required. Uh, if you want to take anybody with you, there's a role and a risk. Yeah, and my third one, I'm a little bit torn. Cool. Let's have a discussion. Boss from Beyond, which is where you kind of at the start of a, a game, you roll something, and the, the on high gives you something to do and but you get to investigate the mystery but if I've been exiled then I wouldn't necessarily have that connection with them and I probably don't want to invoke that I can see ways that that could work if you still want the move and think the move would be cool there could be like somebody giving you tasks or missions to complete to earn your way back into their good graces maybe Mm -hmm. I'm still yeah I don't know so actually the 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 thing that's kind of making me hold back is when I come to playing these games, I do naturally kind of lean towards the, yeah, fighty, fighty, stab, stab, punch things kind of roles. Whereas that, I, you know, with this concept, I do want to uh, lean more towards the, uh, the kind of the healing and the support kind of role, but I do want to be able to do some damage. So I was, yeah, wondering about, do I have a move that is more in that line and I do have smite but that does feel very very powerful (laughs) (laughs) so I'm a bit concerned about taking that one as it feels too OP uh I mean it's it's in there which means that it's fine I guess but I I don't know there's the concern of would it make it boring I mean the question is would it make it boring for you that's that's the thing I'm concerned about because if I, if I know you've got that move, then I can plan around it and make sure that things are still interesting monster-wise. Yeah. I mean, Soothe, soothe is, is nice, but I don't want it as my third one, if that's all I can take. That would be a nice optional extra. 
Sure. Uh, so that's soothing someone down if they're in a state of panic or anger, I can... Yeah, you could have that one on your short list for when you take advancements later on. Yeah. You can get more moves later. Although, actually, given that we do have Alex, it would depend on if we were in a group together, uh, cast out evil. <laughs> Maybe quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> because I can use it on another player. <laughs> what? I know, right? <laughs> Rude. So rude. You can ban- banish unnatural creatures from your presence. Uh, you don't have any- it doesn't harm them and you have no control over where they end up. Which could be hilarious, right? <laughs> no, no, he just ends up back at his desk and just like... Oh. <laughs> or banished to the bins behind Subway. <laughs> you know, I think that one might be the most fun. Oh, not great. necessarily not necessarily because I'll just use it on Alex. I'm sure there will be other other people and other reasons to use it. I can see that because yeah, it's it's fun. It would be fun to use it on your friends, but also um if you're going for like you want to have a le- at least a little bit of like fight utility sort of stuff, that can be a really useful like buy you time. Yeah. So it's a bit of like maybe a bit more flavor than just I do a lot of damage to the bad guy. It's like I'm sending the bad guy away for a bit so we can Yeah ourselves that could be a really clutch move and it's still a kind of it's a nice attacking move but it is that kind of supporting attacking move and kind of fits in with a slightly more healy vibe as well cool all right so that's lay on hands angel wings and cast out evil for your moves what about gear you get a divine weapon you you get divine armor uh naturally Mm -hmm. uh, that has a look suited to your divine origin so I'm interested mm-hmm. in what that sound, what that looks like, uh, and also a divine weapon. So the armor, I reckon, um, the armor precedes the duck. So is definitely more of the. I mean, it's not it's not wood. is is metal because that's more practical. But it has that kind of vine look to it. This is terrible for a podcast, but I want to show you the lightsaber I made in, at Disney. Um, <laughs> just to show off just because it has this kind of vibe to it all these swirly bits and this earthy i've got a rancor tooth on the end Mm -hmm. because why not uh so it has got this kind of elemental earthy vibe to it even though it's made out of metal so i reckon the armor kind of reflects that it's got these a, a look of vines and leaves on it Cool. I, I guess it would be at least partly concealed under all of the floaty fabric. Yeah. Oh, I, I reckon like as a, a day-to-day thing, I probably don't wear it. I maybe wear the, the, the chest plate underneath like a, a kind of slightly torn, big baggy black linen jumper type thing. Yeah. And then sometimes when you know it's go time, you can fully suit up. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon so. And then in terms of weapons, um, I, w- I would like to request turning the flaming sword into a flaming quarterstaff. Very nice, yeah. Because that just feels a bit more in character. Yeah. As cool as a flaming sword is, it's a bit classically angelic, so it's not quite what I'm going for. Does this mean like sometimes you can be seen on the village green and it looks like you're practicing your flame poi stick thing? Exactly. It's you and your divine weapon. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, oh, the, the hippies are on the green again. <laughs> Although I would like to investigate, as much as I'm sticking with the flaming quarterstaff, out of my list of options that I have, what on earth is a five-demon bag? 
Uh, I have questions about that one as well. I think <laughs> if you if you picked it, if you wanted to pick it, we could work out together what on earth that means. <laughs> I have heard um, shout out to the Unexplored Places, which is a, another actual play podcast that has done a Monster of the Week campaign. They had a character, they had a divine character who chose the five demon bag. Um, I think they basically flavored it as it's a bag that they can, when they open it, it lets a demon out. Right. <laughs> that does, that wreaks some havoc. That would be so good. Like, it's one of Alex's mates. Like, what's it? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in her bag? <laughs> but I, I can imagine, uh, I can imagine the designers of this game coming up with that list and going, let's just put the words five demon bag on here and see what people come up with. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Wow. But wait, as fun and weird as that is, I'm not going with that. I'm going with my my, my fire fire stick. All right. That is uh, all we need to fill in on the playbook for the moment. There will be introductions uh, at some later juncture. But let's. Uh, we, we already know a lot of the lore of how you're in the story. We know how long you've been around and that kind of thing. Um, just another couple of questions is, do you have any kind of prior relationship or dealings with the Department of Emissions? Uh, no. But I've been a duck. Yeah, as far as you're aware, they don't, they're not aware of you either. Yeah. So then the final question is, what made you join this, this community effort to defend Sherry Down from the unseen? I, I think it's to do with, once we figure out how exactly people discovered me, it, it would be a case of she realises what's going on and she's like, oh, bloody hell, better do something about it then, and agrees to help them out. Yeah, I guess it's like this. It's that is your duty anyway. Is like to defend people and mortals, and you haven't been doing it for thousands of years. Yeah, so better crack on, make a difference. One of the one of the the details in that history option, the the mission option about being an exile, is that you have to do your good deeds in secret because otherwise your former colleagues will find out and punish you for it. So yes, uh, so I guess you have to be a bit on the down low. Yeah noted <laughs> yeah not too much swinging the flaming quarter stuff around it's it's just a circus trick of course it's uh, totally innocuous yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well with all of that uh nat you're ready to play has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Chris Starkey as Cameron Jarvis, Natalie Winter as Gwynnett, Strat as Briar, and Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.